By the steps of the Fire Nation Royal Palace, the gang found themselves sitting together, watching the last of the sun dip further into night as the darkness took over. The night sky looked too beautiful for anyone to die, as the stars twinkled without restraint, not a cloud in sight. The full moon had never looked so refulgent in her resplendence. He's... he's not really gonna die, is he? Her voice had never sounded so small just then, so young. It was easy to forget that she was only 13 years old. There was hope there, a naivete that they had never quite heard from someone as strong as her. It broke their heart all the more when she turned her unseeing eyes toward them, red-rimmed from tears she could hold in no longer. I don't know what else to do, Toph. I don't know if there's anything else that I can do. There's only so much that water can heal. Katara confessed, exhausted and worn. Aang, is there anything the Avatar can do? Suki tried. Maybe there's some special healing abilities that you have when you're in the Avatar state. My past lives have all said the same thing, he said. I don't know how to save him either. I don't want to give up, but... Said Katara, despairing as she gestured with her hands. She covered her face, wishing nothing more that she could claw herself away from this reality. The war was won. Oh, but at what cost? Katara, said Sokka, pulling his sister toward him with an arm around her shoulder. You've done everything that you could. I'm really sorry, Katara, said Aang. I feel so useless. It was then that they heard a sound that they never thought they would ever hear in their lives. A sound that would, Katara thought, haunt her to her grave. A wail as powerful as an avalanche. A little girl who had never known death to now be faced with what it would be like to truly, truly mourn. Today she met fear too. And she was just hey, 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 hey. Oh, I know. Katara thought that I know, it reminded her of Azula. It's okay. Let it out. Let it out. As if the earthbender were weeping for the brother she never had. Toph bellowed and cried as she fell to her knees. Suki rushed over to her side, her arms around the younger girl. You can't die! 
half bald, an unbroken stream of tears coming from her eyes. He can't! I won't let him! Suki said, trying to comfort the girl, but knowing that there was no fixing a broken dam. There was only letting the river flow where it will. She rubbed circles on her back as Toph started coughing from the tears as she bawled loudly, holding the girl close to her as she cried for Zuko too. Hey, thank you, it's okay. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's okay. It's okay. Let it out, Toph. Let it out. The siblings watched, and Katara could only lean more into her brother's embrace, her body weak at the thought of their defeat. He sacrificed himself to save me, Sokka. He helped you rescue Dad. He found the monster that killed Mom. What he's done for me, for us. And I can't save him. What good are these stupid healing abilities if I can't save him? You did save him, Aang tried to say, kneeling in front of her, putting a hand on her knee. You forgave him and maybe taught him to forgive himself. It's not enough, Aang! We didn't have enough time! She cried out. Sokka held her that much tighter then. It's not fair! It's not fair! Just then... Bala's soft footsteps came from behind them as she approached the grieving group together. Excuse me? She said. I, I'm sorry, but General Iroh is calling you back inside. They all turned to look at her then, trying to read her face as to why they might be requested back. She bowed her head low her hands clasped before her in subservience as she delivered the news. His Majesty is awake. He says it's time to say goodbye. Zuko was still alive by the time they got back to his quarters, his head propped up by many pillows. Even in the moonlight, his golden skin paled as the blood drained from his face. The lightning that struck his heart had charred the muscle to the point that it was weak. Katara had healed him as best that she could, but the water could not make his heart grow back to its size or repair the valves that had been reduced to ash. His heart still beat, but they were numbered. He could feel his heart struggle to beat and every breath was labored and heavy. He did not have long left. This he already knew by the time he woke up and saw his uncle's crying face over him. He was dying and he knew it. And for the first time, he found that he was not angry and he was not afraid. Peace settled over his exhausted bones, his muscles feeling limp. He managed to smile at the sight of his friends, however, and he delighted in the feeling of his uncle's fingers running through his hair. 
They gathered around him, Sokka, Suki, and Toph on one side, Katara and Aang with his uncle on the other. And he had never been so happy. Hi guys, he managed to say, his voice raspy and weak. Did we win? Yeah, buddy. We won. Aang replied as he caught a tear just as quickly as it had fallen. Your dad's still alive, though. I took his bending away instead. Wow. Said Zuko. Everyone okay? I broke my leg. Sokka managed. Zuko's eyes darted to the side of his bent, bandaged leg, and he chuckled. That's rough, buddy. He managed. Sokka cracked a tearful smile that Zuko returned. He coughed then, a harsh, rough sound, and blood dribbled from his lip. He licked it away with the tip of his tongue. Everyone's okay, Zuko, said Suki. You gotta keep fighting, okay? Toph interjected, her voice raw from crying. We still have to go on that life-changing field trip, remember? Zuko smiled at her, his lips trembling. He whispered, Oh, I remember. We're all here for you, said Aang. Good. That's... That's good, said Zuko. Where's Zula? In isolation, like you said, Katara replied. At the sound of her voice, Zuko's eyes met hers, and she wanted to weep all over again. With considerable effort, his hand crawled and inched its way to hers where she held it. Is she okay? She's okay. She'll be all right. He said, closing his eyes and sighing. He coughed again before he turned his head to look up at Iroh. Uncle? Take care of her too, okay? Don't let her be alone. He said. Iroh could say nothing, and he only nodded, tears silently flowing into his long beard. His lips trembled, unable to speak. Zuko added, You're all she's going to have now. She needs somebody. 
Iroh bent down to kiss his nephew's forehead then, nodding just so. Nephew, you have made us all so, so proud. Thank you, Uncle. Said Zuko, smiling as wide as he could. His breathing grew shorter and shorter. Katara swallowed and grit her teeth together, her lips in a tight line, doing everything she could to stop herself from crying. For what it's worth, I'm glad it's me, Zuko whispered. There was not a dry eye in the room. If anybody had to go, I'm glad it was me. Zuko, don't. Katara tried, but he cut her off. Katara. He said, licking his lips as he sighed. Not so much as defeated, as much as he was... tired. With his hand that she was holding, he tried to raise it as best he could. She helped him, and she held the back of his hand against her cheek. She felt his finger gently brush against her skin, as if he were trying to wipe her tears for him away. Why did you do it? Why did you have to do that? You know why. It was me or you. And I made you a promise. He coughed again and swallowed back the blood that tasted like ash on his lips. I swore on a life that mattered to me. Don't you know how much you matter to me? She countered, crying more openly now as she did. You big jerk. Hey. Don't cry. His eyes looked about the room, weeping for him as he approached his end. Don't cry for me. Any of you. We won. You should be happy. How could any of us be happy without you, man? Sokka asked. You stay with me, you hear me? Katara commanded, clutching his hand and holding it over her heart. Whatever happened to never giving up without a fight? I gave it my best shot. <laughs> Said Zuko, managing to chuckle weakly. Yeah. You remember that first night at the beach house? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was... He swallowed, but he was starting to choke on the air that his lungs were rejecting. That was the night we finally became friends. Hey, hey, save your strength. She tried. Panic starting to rise inside her body. 
We're not through with you yet, okay? <sighs> he started, stubborn as ever. Choose your own destiny, okay? Said Zuko, approaching his final goodbye. His eyes were starting to flutter closed, his gold eyes starting to roll back to his head. He struggled to get the words out, darkness creeping over him as death started to bid hello. And thank you. All of you. For everything. With that, he exhaled a dying breath. His pulse was dangerously slow. Hey, hey, you're saying goodbye. Don't, don't say goodbye, said Katara, pulling at his arm. His seemingly lifeless body was pulled by the effort and when she let go, he bounced back to the bed, motionless. Zuko? Zuko! Think, Katara, think, she thought. No, this is not how I lose you. What's happening? What's going on? Toph cried out. Oh no. Said Sokka, looking at his lifeless friend in the moonlight. Suki cried into his shoulder, and he reached to pull her into his embrace. I need water! I need- Katara tried. He's gone. Said Aang in a whisper, disbelief in his tone. Toph cried out. He's dying! She slammed her hands on top of her head. Come on, Sparky! You can't leave now! Toph! Aang tried to say to keep her back. Iroh could only weep over his nephew's body, ears deaf to the rest of them. They may mourn, but they do not know a father's grief. He had known this pain before. He could remember it so vividly, and he did not have the words to describe how it felt to be so full and yet so hollow all at the same time. There was only so much that water could heal, she remembered thinking, as she looked at Zuko with his eyes closed, and she refused. She simply refused to let him go. Katara, Aang said attempting to pry her away from the body. No, no, shut up! She said. His last words rung in her head, and she remembered then, that first night at the beach house. Her head snapped up as she stared at the bright full moon, and she felt the sheer, pure power fill her veins. The spirits must have been looking out for her because just then, she heard Zuko's voice in her head again, his words ringing in her head from her memory. That first night at the beach house, there was only so much that water could heal.
but... Have you ever considered healing using the blood? <gasps> Katara gasped, eyes wide. Everybody stop! Be quiet! Her entire body was shaking and her blood was ringing in her ears. She knelt over his body and she raised her hands over his heart as she felt for the rush of his blood, for the water in his system. Her hands started trembling as she felt the rush of his life in her hands. How pliant it could be and yet how it resisted. But there was a different kind of power in her now, where bending his blood before to her will was monstrous before, this felt like something else entirely. Empowered by the light of the full moon, she exhaled through her mouth and started to heal. Zuko's face immediately cringed and contorted at the sensation. Katara, not knowing exactly what she was doing and operating simply on instinct, raised her hand and felt for his heart, for the epicenter of his pain. Her trembling hand mimicked a heart's pulse, keeping his steady and going. <sighs> Zuko cried out, jolting out stiffly from bed. His chest glowed a vibrant red just then, and as Katara started healing him from the inside, a blue tinge mixed with it. A purple glow took hold. Her eyes glistened at the sight of it, but she knew and she felt it in her bones. It was working. Katara, Iroh started as he watched with wide eyes. Suki realized. Using his blood! Aang finished. She's healing him with his blood! She's bloodbending! Go, Katara, you're doing it! Is it working? Iroh asked, hovering over them. Zuko groaned all the more and ground his teeth together. His face betrayed the pain that he was in, that his arms were starting to twitch. Zuko reached for Katara's arm without thinking and held on for dear life, his nails digging deep into her skin. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She whispered. Then she looked up to Suki, who was watching the spectacle with her jaw dropped. Suki, tie him down! Get him something to bite! On it! She said, holding his hand down. Iroh mimicked the action and took the hand that was clutching at Katara. Toph, give me your headband. Quickly, the other girl snatched the cloth from her head and handed it to Sokka, who was sitting by Zuko's body. He gagged Zuko with a headband, keeping him from grinding his teeth into dust. His groans turned into screams then, as Katara continued to heal him. Sokka, don't let him choke! Toph, Aang, hold down his legs! Katara ordered. The two of them did as they were told and held down his convulsing legs. Is he gonna be okay? Toph tried, her voice high through the noise. They all looked to Katara, her pulsing hand over him starting to shake. 
Zuko coughed and started to choke and wheeze. She felt that his blood was seeping into his lungs as it traveled to repair the tissues there that held him together. But his breathing suffered for it. Aang, keep him breathing! She said. While keeping his leg down, Aang blew air with his mouth and bent fresh air from all around them into his lungs and helped him inhale and exhale. Now, unimpeded by any distractions, Katara focused and prayed to the moon as she did. In her heart, she reached out to Yue to give her strength to let her save him. As she tried to imagine a life without Zuko, it filled her with such a rage, such a fire that she had never known before, that she simply said no. She would not let him slip into the darkness. She would carry him back into the light with her bare hands if she had to. She was not that helpless little girl anymore when the Fire Nation came when she was eight. And no, she would not let them take away anyone else she loved. Because she did. She knew then. She already had for a while now and it came stronger than ever. And he would live long enough to hear it. Come on, Zuko, she said, closing her eyes in concentration, putting all of her power into healing his heart. She felt his blood stitch the damaged muscles back together, the cells of his heart regenerating as she commanded them to heal him. It was slow going, and she knew that it would hurt him, but this was a necessary suffering. Anything would do if it meant keeping him. Ah! Stay with me. Stay with me now. Katara? Said Suki, the concern almost enough to break her concentration. Almost. Katara, stop! Your nose is bleeding. No! Said Katara, as she felt Suki's own blood almost let go of Zuko's arm to reach over to her. She felt that trickle of her blood over her lip, but it was not enough to get her to stop. A pain came from the center of her head as she tried, and she knew she was overexerting herself. If she tried any harder, she felt as if her own life force might give out and leave her lifeless. But she had to try. By all the spirits, she had to try. I've almost got him she said, muttering to herself. I'm almost done. Tears starting to fall from Zuko's tightly shut eyes as he screamed through the gag. You don't get to save me and then just leave me here. Servants and fire sages started rushing in at the sound of the commotion. They all simply stood there, awestruck at the sight that greeted them the bright purple glow that came from the Fire Lord's middle, and Katara couldn't care less. The only thing she could see, feel, hear, and care about right then was him. Come on, Zuko, she said, her hand on his chest. She could feel his heart string itself back together, the charred pieces discarded and passed through his body as dead cells do. Come on! Come on! Come on! 
At that, Zuko yeah. jolted up finally from the bed to the point that Katara fell back. He spat out the headband from his mouth and coughed violently. Iroh and Aang managed to catch Katara and hold her up as her arms felt overexerted and exhausted. Her breathing was labored, but she was quickly able to regain her balance and rest upon the foot of Zuko's bed. Suki rushed over to Katara's side and brushed the hair out of her eyes. Are you okay? Suki asked as Katara's eyes glossed over. She shook it off and blinked away the vertigo that had suddenly hit. Katara, hey, look at me. Are you okay? She swallowed and nodded weakly. I'm fine. I'm fine. Zuko, however, was doubled over in coughing charred blood, remnants of the damaged tissue inside him that had been repaired. Iroh rubbed circles over his back to try to calm him as he coughed over and over again. What did you do? Suki asked as she turned her head to look at Zuko. They all looked to the new Fire Lord and they saw some color rising back to his face and his breathing started to become steady. He wrapped his arms around his middle and shook the stupor out from his eyes. Suki asked again, What just happened? I felt his heart. Katara explained as she exhaled. She was parched, but the worry in her bones had not yet been released, not knowing if her work had held up. Iroh looked to her, eagerly awaiting to hear what had just transpired. I healed his heart from the inside and the water in him. The blood. The blood healed to repair the damage. I felt it. Like it was making his heart new again from the inside. Nephew, Iroh asked as he looked to Zuko. Are, are you okay? How are you feeling? Dizzy, he admitted, brushing the blood away from his lip. A, a little lightheaded, but I... Everything hurts, but I'm, I'm fine. He breathed in slow and steady for a while, eyes looking at nothing, and he looked as if he would retch a little. I'm going to be sick. With reflexes quick as lightning, Aang reached for the water bowl just by his bed and handed it to Zuko where he retched out what looked to be all that remained of his charred heart. All of the bad blood in his system, now gone. After that, he handed the bowl to Iroh. Before Iroh could even ask for a servant, one of the men stepped forward and took the bowl wordlessly and rushed out with it. How do you feel now? Iroh asked. Zuko put a hand over his racing heart, his brows knit together as he felt for the pain that the lightning brought, but found that it was no longer there. The scar was still on his skin, but inside he was fixed. Healed. Good, he answered finally, his voice getting stronger by the second.
I'm okay. Starving. Thirsty. Tired. Sore. But I'm okay. I'll go to the kitchen straight away, your majesty. Tala declared as she, too, had bore witness to the miraculous sight. Toph went to Sokka and he put his arm around her in comfort as she listened to the relief that everyone in the room expelled. Aang and Suki stood by Katara's side as she was sat on his bed and she inched closer to him. We almost lost you, nephew, said Iroh. I know, Zuko agreed, nodding. I thought... I thought I was a goner. He looked up, gold eyes wide and open and alive, and saw Katara. He stared at her, his disbelief apparent. You brought me back. I had to. Why? He asked. Katara managed to smile, wide as she could, and she shook her head. With teary eyes, she replied, You know why. Her hand reached to take his, and Zuko's jaw dropped. He looked at their hands and back up at her and returned her smile with a grin of his own. But what happened? What's going on now? Well, you are the Fire Lord now, Zuko. Your father was defeated. You've done it, said Iroh, beaming as tears still fell from his eyes. He looked at all of them then, a father's pride radiating from him to all of them, who he now loved as children of his own. You all have done it. We did it? Zuko asked, incredulous. We did it, Katara confirmed. We won.